Hello, you're listening to Born to Pay EMI, your average podcast on being average. If your job just makes you cry, if your boss is a filthy sly, if all you do is simply try, here's our reminder that we're born to pay EMI, 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 EMI. Apart from advertisements, what's been driving us in our everyday lives is peer pressure. Ever since we were born, we've been choked with peer pressure. Our daughter always bags the first rank in her class. She's very ambitious. We are sure she'll make it big one day. She has a strict discipline to follow after school as well. First homework, then tuition, followed by music class. Then revision on app, a quick dinner, and then 30 minutes of reading session till bed. That's great, such discipline. How old is she? Well, she's in third standard. Isn't that late already? You see where we inherit this peer pressure from? Our childhood is shaped by such instances. Even the things you do for fun, they have to have a purpose and an outcome, driven by a competitive spirit to outperform others. As we grow up, peer pressure becomes an integral part of our life and we start living harmoniously with it. But somewhere, this becomes problematic. The competitive spirit tends to become a dominating personality and whatever we do becomes a competition of some sorts. I personally have friends who keep account of the number of drinks you have and make it a point to drink extra just to tell you the next day that I had stopped with four small and they had five. What's worse, if both of our bodies couldn't handle the alcohol, they would also keep account of the number of times we puke. Hey bugger. He puked three times, man. Fucking why do you drink if you can't handle your own liquor? I puked just twice. Peer pressure is shitty. It makes us do things that we don't want to in the first place, but we have to because we are supposed to. You wouldn't want to do a certain thing, let's say engineering for instance, but in India, you have to. Why? Because your friends and classmates are doing it. Your parents get influenced by people around them who talk to them about the benefits of doing engineering. They listen and they believe immediately. God, aren't they the most easily manipulatable generation on earth? They come back home and they order you to do engineering. Probably you wanted to get into visual communication, English literature or music. But chuck it, you have to study engineering for four precious years of your life. The peer pressure doesn't end there. As you learn to accept your reality and live with it, you become absorbed into the system. When you manage to finally graduate and join the workforce, you are forced to work non-stop because of the loans your parents have taken to fund your education. You're completely trapped now. By the time you repay your loan, it's too late for you to switch careers or start afresh. Why? It's not because there are no ways, there are plenty of ways, but because all your friends are settled by now. They have been promoted, secured well-paying jobs, gotten married and have secured their future. And you right here are confused with what you should do next. By 30, you're pressured to procure a stable job, have a steady career growth, have a wife and a kid if possible, drive a good car and own a house. And if you don't, you simply aren't good enough. And let's not forget that the advertisements also add to peer pressure. By 30, you probably wanted to explore a few places, become an artist, complete a movie script, or whatever you wanted to do, but you had to shut them off. 
all because of peer pressure. If this is not enough, they have external sources to add fuel to the fire. Let's start with social media. The idea that social media is actually trying to connect people and make the world smaller should be dismissed in the first place. It's trivializing a beautiful creation, which is supposed to be massive. And if there's anything that social media is doing, it's disconnecting people by the day. When you're in touch with a long-lost friend from elementary school, you're getting a peek into their life. You would not talk to them probably or even like their post, but you see their activities every single day. If you aren't doing enough compared to your friend, you tend to become dejected and depressed about your life. Now imagine not just one, but ten of your friend's profiles doing this to you. Within seconds, you dismiss off all your blessings and focus on what you don't have in hand. Now there are two parties acting against your mind on social media. Brands and businesses that keep tracking you and show you ads based on what you have searched and what you are most likely to buy. And people posting things about their life, who you choose to follow. While we've seen how ads are influencing us, let's understand how our own people make us feel. The good life. One part of social media is all about posting most of the things in your life to people and to the world. From the time we all wrote diaries and wanted nobody to read or even look at them, we have all evolved into a generation of people who takes offense if people don't see or acknowledge what they post online. If posts weren't enough already, these social media companies also rolled out stories mode that started allowing people to give instant updates about their lives. I personally call it the Kardashian syndrome, where people believe there are a bunch of people out there waiting for them to reveal what they're doing. Honestly, most people are on social media to kill time, take a few minutes off their uneventful life and work, or stalk their exes. But these people have a whole different idea on why people are online. Now such people give updates about their travels and treks, new skills they're mastering, the things they buy, the food they eat, the people they meet, the company funded foreign trips they go on and more. When we stumble upon such posts, our mind instantly attempts to draw a comparison with our lives, which is already pathetic. When you see your acquaintance having sushi and all you have on your plate is upma prepared in the morning, you immediately feel bad about your life. The same happens when you look at their travel photos and their party pics. You compare your loneliness or the inability to travel with their happening life and blame yourself and your decisions. You feel like doing the things they do subconsciously. You want to have that life and you want to be the person you see on social media. And that's when things go ugly. While you're looking at posts, you don't take time to think that you both have had different journeys. There have been stark differences in the way you've grown up, you've studied, you've worked and lived. You crossed paths at one point in time, agreed, but things have changed ever since. Remember the Mr. Bean episode where Bean is appearing for an exam and is seen copying from his neighbor in a desperate attempt to pass? Well, in the end, he realizes it's not his question paper at all and that he never opened the question paper which was right in front of him. He instantly regrets. That's exactly what's happening with us. Our question papers are different, but we blindly want to copy from another person, assuming that would give us happiness and that that would take us to the right place. Bullshit, right? The LinkedIn phenomenon. My god, LinkedIn is the worst. It's a treasure chest for most people I know, but I do have an unpopular opinion. That place is toxic. While it has helped a lot of people land their dream jobs and connect with their people, that doesn't take out the fact that it's toxic. LinkedIn is a place where you could see peer pressure taking its complete massive form. Like we saw, the instinct to outdo and race ahead is innate. To get that job, to show that we are subject matter experts, and to prove that we are recruitment worthy. 
the amount of things we do there is simply crazy. Let me show you some inspirational stories from everyday life. Now you could be a pro user of Instagram and Facebook but on LinkedIn you're always a beginner. Tactics and techniques you used on the other two social channels don't work here. Why? Because LinkedIn is supposedly a professional network. People here build their profiles with a sense of purpose. And probably that could boil down to any of the following. Get a job, look for a job, show their subject matter experts, inspire, engage and uplift, stalk. Yes, they do. To complement their sales or marketing profile, become a thought leader, find business clients and more. Because people are highly focused, your chiller tactics won't get recognized or worse would be frowned upon. LinkedIn is all about seriousness. You can't be a piece of shit you are on Instagram on LinkedIn. From the language you use and your profile picture to the content you share, everything should work towards helping you achieve your goal. That's why people post nonsense every other day. If you notice, you could see people spreading gyan in the form of stories from their personal experience of their friends or mostly copied. Most of these stories are shared to show the world their attention to detail, their learning abilities, their adaptability, their openness and willingness to learn and evolve and finally inspire people like them. You know what's the worst part for all their posts? You would find a herd of sheep going crazy and appreciative about their learning. All clapping hands congratulating them for sharing and how it made their day. Why? Because they have to show they are active too. But here again, stories are not written like in a linear way. No. If you're writing in a straight line, you're stupid and haven't learned anything probably. And because most of them have done a free course on building a LinkedIn profile, they all write one line beneath the other. That shows they are serious. Let's read a small story, shall we? Today was a miraculous day. I was getting to work as usual. It was close to 9.45 and I was stuck at the civil court junction. I usually talk to my cab driver about his life and work because I'm down to earth. But today, I felt I had to introspect. It has been a really long time since I learned something new. By the way, I shared something yesterday, you should check it out. So I was looking at the signal and noticed a young lady. She was carrying a Dell laptop bag and I assume she must be working. Did you notice my noticing abilities? She wanted to cross the road and from her looks it felt like she had been waiting forever. I understand body language as well. She took a few steps towards the other side to cross but was immediately pushed behind by the passing vehicles. And this happened for a couple of minutes. But I guess she wasn't the ones to give up. Give up? Like say fuck it and go back home for being unable to cross the road? <laughs> she waited took a few deep breaths and then started walking to the other side. The vehicle saw her from a distance and slowed down, allowing her to cross the road. She did the same on the other half of the road and successfully crossed it. That's when it struck me. In life, you don't keep waiting for opportunities, you create some. And when you do it with full grit and determination, the universe would pave the way for you. This has been my morning learning. What's yours? P.S. Kudos to the girl, wherever you are. Bastard. You see how you take a very normal incident, assume things about people and connect it in the most bullshitting ways possible? That's just one part of LinkedIn. If this were real, you would see comments like this. You go girl, more power to you. I think I know the girl. She works on our campus. I've seen the Dell pad. 
truly inspiring sir love the metaphoric connection about creating opportunities being someone looking for one this sure helps you see the idiocy here now there are tons of posts like these you will come across on a single day going by this if these people actually learn so much from things and instances around them why aren't they in magazines thought leadership posts thought leadership is a totally different ball game it's still bullshit but in a different sense if the previous post was all about showing people you're a learner this post is about making them realize that you're a visionary someone who thinks of tomorrow today when everyone's in the clutter talking about regular things in the industry in the form of tips how to tutorials summaries and more you differentiate yourself as a thought leader by offering your opinions and views on a specific subject how do you do that you use any of these techniques write about an unpopular opinion find a unique angle to an existing opinion choose a controversial subject and share your opinion on it trying to justify it happen for good share your insights nobody would have thought of so it's not everyone's cup of tea a lot of people try and present themselves as thought leaders and this is where it gets funny or annoying depending on how you see it an ideal example of thought leadership article is when people posted bullshit during the global pandemic while there were people struggling to survive on one end a few on the other side shared their opinions on how the situation was actually good for a number of reasons they shared insights on how it would forever change the way things work and industries function how work from home would become the norm how retail stores would fall and on demand economies would sustain and more such crap and i'm sure most of you would have come across such posts and probably would have liked and commented as well that's completely normal but if you had a sensation deep down in your mind that it was utter nonsense and unethical it's cool courses and discourses remember the free build your linkedin program we mentioned sometime back well there's another free program that tells you seven ways you could make passive revenue meaning you just have to invest your time and energy once and this would keep fetching you revenue for as long as it lasts this is a trick followed by the gurus and coaches out there who ultimately become rich so those who have completed the course have a templated approach to follow one such technique is coming up with a full fledged course yeah a complete 4 to 8 week course that will make you the best in the industry Every course has a curriculum and an introduction video that offers you a glimpse of what the course is about. LinkedIn celebrities, the self-proclaimed ones, go about sharing their courses with their followers and networks for them to make use of. These courses are generally priced in double zero digits and offer you a soft copy of a certificate in participation. Sales executives who have close to 6 or 7 years of experience come up with their version of courses and today A lot of freshers and those with less than 3 years of experience are in a hurry to hog the limelight. Credibility has become a joke and you could see every Tom, Dick and Harry offering you courses on a myriad of subjects. Webinars and masterclasses. Webinars and masterclasses are extension of the courses. While courses are self-paced and autonomous, webinars, workshop and masterclasses are instructor-led. These people who claim to have seen everything conduct these sessions and allegedly teach you things. These sessions are priced and some single sessions could be priced equivalent to one entire course. If you come across a free webinar, realize that it's a trap. A 90-minute webinar would usually have 75 minutes of the time the host talking about their childhood, their dreams, how they failed in school, but made it big in life, in their marriage, their journey in the specific domain, the companies they worked with, their credibility and more. 
in between the stories they will also ask you a few questions like these are you ready to transform your life forever are you with me can you see yourself winning 3 years from now and idiots in the chat box have to type in a yes the next 10 minutes they would just share one tip on how you could have a successful career or whatever the webinar is about and tell you that you could find more such important tips in their course which is again priced at you know double zero digits the last 5 minutes which you think would be a Q&A session goes off in the whole sharing the payment link because you're all charged about the new life that was just shown to you now these are not just vague statements i've made so far to write this i had to fucking train my linkedin algorithm to show such posts and connect with people who would frequently post such things i also attended several webinars through which i spotted this pattern you could give it a shot if you have to supercharge your career in sales with this special webinar by mr abc Hello connections. I'm conducting a free masterclass on how to boost your resume to get instant recognition and land your dream job. Register below and meet me there. All this one, appraisals are always going to be tough, but one good move today can make way for a lucrative returns tomorrow. Sign up for my webinar on how you could take your career forward the best way possible. All this Digital Marketing 101 a beginner session for dummies register now Oh yeah let's look at another one Content writing is easy all you need are average english skills and tons of storytelling skills reserve a seat on this exclusive masterclass session where i teach you storytelling fundamentals so you can write the copy that would fetch you leads customers and ultimately business Okay one last one the 7 day sales wizard challenge click on this link to know more from over promises to obnoxious ones our guys on linkedin can pull anything off pretentious revolution pretentious revolution is definitely a made up concept to explain something that i've noticed this is when people on linkedin suddenly talk about one particular trend and give gyans and discourses on that topic consider the pandemic situation again for instance that was a time when most companies out there asked their employees to work from home considering the contagion of the disease Several companies assisted their employees in setting up home office space as well. Now this is where the things get weird. So far, a lot of office goers have consistently asked me how I work staying at home. Being a freelancer, I'm at home most of the time, and Zoom calls and virtual meetings have never been a problem to me. In fact, most freelancers have their clients from around the world, and getting job done was never a challenge. The folks who asked me how I did it. and mocked me for not going to work suddenly started posting shit about the best ways to work from home in less than a day these self-proclaimed experts seemed to have cracked the code on how they could effectively work from home manage their house spend time with their family attend meetings finish tasks solve the gravity equation and still find time to complete the book by Seth Rogen i mean Seth Godin and do you remember the time everyone posted a screenshot of their zoom sessions with a collage of faces yeah we're exactly talking about that You come out of nowhere and suddenly tell the world how it should work from your limited understanding, dismissing off the experience and expertise of those who have been doing this for years. Fuck you. This is what peer pressure makes us do. During the pandemic, I don't know how many of you noticed, but LinkedIn was at its unethical worst during the pandemic. For a lot of people, the lockdown was more like a vacation, I believe. 
That's why they kept asking people to invest this golden opportunity to better themselves. They forced everyone to be more productive, learn new skills and come out a better person when it ends. These kind of people are the ones who push you to the edge and make you feel guilty of not being able to fly. When suddenly all you see are posts from people learning python, ethical hacking, gardening, quantum physics, sketching, music and more, you feel bad from within. You feel that you're the only one wasting your time watching series after series on Netflix. Probably you're doing it wrong. Maybe you're sleeping too much and you're supposed to. Maybe you're wasting your life and probably you would lose your job because you're becoming obsolete by the day. If you ask me, that's bullshit. The world is full of pretends and fake people who are extremely superficial. You get to see just their one post on what they're learning. You don't know if they're doing it. Even if they are, there's no harm in being yourself. Fuck man, you've been slogging your ass off at work and you always look forward to doing minimal things. When the time for it has actually come, these virtual idiots take you on a guilt trip. The best solution? Simply ignore them, that's it. If you want to watch another episode, just play it. If you want to sleep through lunch, just do it man. Ignore the idiots who keep having a say about what you should do and how you should live even during a global crisis. Just don't succumb to peer pressure. The comparison syndrome. At the other end of the spectrum is the pressure, a burden we put on ourselves voluntarily. We tend to compare ourselves with others. Validating self-worth is something that is still a mystery for most of us. And that's why we consistently try to become somebody else. Statistics also reveal that close to 10% of our thoughts in a day goes into this comparison of some sorts. We are unsure of our own emotions, strengths, weaknesses and worth. And we don't know how to process or accept this as well. In an attempt to figure out who we really are or what we are good at, we tend to involuntarily go on a trial by error method to know our true self. And this is completely after a comparative study of those around us. Leon Festinger, a psychologist, proposed in 1954 a theory which studies in detail this innate functionality of ours. He came up with a social comparison theory which emphasized the tendency of human mind to compare an aspect of life with somebody else's to derive inferences, satisfaction, answers out of the comparison. He identified two forms of comparisons, upward and downward. Upward is when we compare us with someone in a higher stratum of the society, hierarchy or financial condition than us. While the positive outcome of this is to get better and seek a more rewarding life, the downside of this is insecurity, jealousy, hopelessness and greed among the other outcomes. Downward comparison happens when we compare our life with someone in the lower end of the spectrum to feed our ego and authority in us. One positive outcome could be peace of mind while negative outcomes could be stagnation, frowning upon people, aversion and more. Regardless of what class of comparison it is, it often leads us to more negative outcomes than their positive counterparts. Instead of identifying our stand in the world, we tend to validate ourselves from the shoes of somebody else, ending up looking down on ourselves. That's when the sensation of not being good at anything, self-doubt, lack of confidence and more kick in. When we look at a video of somebody being good at dancing, especially someone from a close circle, we don't realize they've been probably doing that for years. We immediately want to compare that factor with ours and think of developing, improving our dancing skills. When we stumble upon a video where a friend has suddenly turned a baker, we want to do that as well. 
is something deep inside that gets triggered when we subconsciously feed it with our actions. And when the outcome is less than satisfactory, we tend to immediately assume we are not good at anything. When the mind tries three or four more things that works for others and doesn't for us, it gives up on hope, morale, and confidence. The mind assumes we are good for nothing, a poor, and that we are not gifted with special skills. Instead of exploring our strengths, we tend to experiment and negate one weakness after the other, hoping we would all finally get to know our skills, but we eventually end up losing time. Self-worth is a very precious topic that our schools and educations have failed to teach us and confront. By weighing us on a generic scale, it has trained our minds to run towards the only thing that is most likely to fetch us revenue and not happiness. Most of us leave the world either without figuring out who we are or attempting to become somebody else. Peer pressure and comparison are both two sides of the same coin. If you've been involuntarily putting pressure on somebody else to get better at things or been influenced by someone after comparing your life with them, you need to stop doing that. Focusing on our own life and exploring our strengths and confronting our weaknesses alone can help pave the way for peace of mind.